0: Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today I'm going to run an interview where I was the guest on the Talk One Radio Show. Now, this is a live local radio show, and you can find it at talkoneradio.com. I'll have a link to the site in the show notes. Now, even though this show was live, we've done some light editing for your listening pleasure. For example, in the live version, there was over 10 minutes of getting to know my background. Since you likely already know my background, we've moved that portion to the end and we're giving it to you as a bonus. So you don't have to listen to that part if you don't want to, but if you want to listen to that part, it's there waiting for you at the end. There was also some other light editing, but the content is all there. Les always wants to make me sound as good as possible, and I'm lucky to have him. I just wish he could do that for me in real life. I was invited to talk about ways to save money in today's times of trouble. You know, COVID-19. As you know, the Rock Your Retirement show doesn't usually talk about money, and in this episode, we're not talking about investing. But I thought you would want to hear it. So to introduce you to the show, the host of the show is Alan Flowers, and there is another co-host there as well named Skip. I hope you enjoy this episode on how to save money. Now, due to the time constraints of the show, we weren't able to get through my entire list. So after you listen to this episode, go ahead and go over to rockyourretirement.com slash 224 so you can read about the ones that are missing. And if you have additional cost savings measures, add them to the comments. Let's share. Ow. But before we start, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by my company, MedicareQuick.com. If you are turning 65 or know someone who is, we have a great resource that explains the difference between Medicare Advantage plans and Medicare Supplement plans. To get this free resource, just go to MedicareQuick.com class And you will find a free 15-minute video that gives you the pros and cons of each plan type. Again, it's absolutely free and my gift to you. (sighs) Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Here is the episode where I was the guest on TalkOneRadio.com with Alan, Skip, and me. Here we go. Do you want to talk about ways to save money?
1: Yeah, sure. No, no, no. no. (laughs) (laughs) Ways to save money. We're always into that.
0: Well, the reason why we came up with this topic is honestly because of COVID-19. You know, we are all in the middle of crazy times. None of us have seen... This before are are is Skip are, is Skip and Al are, are you two together right now in the studio or Yeah,
1: yep, we're in the studio together.
0: Six feet apart. Of course, I we're hope. six feet apart. Of <laughs> course. Uh, so COVID nineteen has really disrupted our all of our lives, and not only has it disrupted our social lives, our personal lives, but it's also if it hasn't yet, it's also disrupting. Our financial lives. I mean, even if we're financially set because of a pension or social security and maybe our investments, you got to admit that we're living in troubled times. No doubt. I mean, we don't know how long this is going to last. Now, here in South Carolina, at the time of this recording, we're about to hear the governor come and tell us something. I don't know what he's going to tell us, but. Over 275,000 people, the last time I looked, in South Carolina had lost their jobs. And there's estimates that between 16 and 20 million in the U.S. And not only that, but we've lost money in the stock market. So even people that are retired are, in my opinion, are going to be affected by this in the future. Even if you have a pension, even if you have Social Security, all of this is going to affect us. And your pension, if you have one, is likely invested in the stock market. And Skip, Al, do you remember when the city of Detroit went bankrupt?
2: Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: So all those pensions were guaranteed by the city of Detroit. And so, you know, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I just wanted to give some tips on how we can easily save money, whether you're in your 20s or your 70s or 80s or beyond. So, Skip or, or Al, whoever wants to answer, do you know what the three largest expenses are for most people?
2: Mm. Well, I would say housing. That's one. Uh, food, food, and just, you know, normal day to day living. I don't, I don't know if that's.
0: So, you guys are right on track. It's housing, transportation, and, and food those okay. those are the top 3 where most of us spend the most of our money and you know let's say 6 months from now everything hits the fan and we're we're all like oh my gosh my my investments are still down I can't do the things I used to do well we we're not going to move and we can't really sell our car so what can we do so i've i've compiled a list of things that we can do that's easy. You know, it's it's not probably going to make the same impact as, you know, moving to Ecuador, but it'll, it'll make an impact. So do you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so. Absolutely. The first one is your, your wireless bill, your cell phone bill. Now, I have three companies, one of which I use, and I've been using for years, where you can literally get a cell phone bill for $15 a month. Were you aware of that?
2: No, you can get them dirt (laughs) cheap. I know that it's not something that's well known, or certainly not advertised. But
0: uh, yeah, right, because these companies don't advertise because (laughs) they can't afford to. They're, they're, you know, they're cut rate. But the one that I use is called Republic Wireless, and I've been using it for years. Before I started using Republic, my cell phone bill ran about one hundred twenty-five dollars a month. And remember, I use myself all the time for business. And so it's, it's not, I can't go with a company that where I can't, where I can't use it. So it has suited me just fine. It runs off of the Sprint and T-Mobile network. So if they're basically, these are resellers, they buy the minutes or data, and then they resell it. I don't know exactly how it works, but I do know that Sprint and T Mobile are sort of the network that I that I run on. And yeah,
2: and basically the way you describe it, it is is how it works. They'll buy blocks of literally millions if not tens of millions of minutes or blocks of data and they get such a reduced price that they can resell it at a fraction of what uh, you know, what the normal going rate is from say, AT&T or Verizon or Sprint.
0: Absolutely. And it works great. Now, it is a little bit different because you do have to buy your phone. Now, a lot of these, if you have an unlocked phone, you can just use the phone that you have. And that's what I did. I started out, when I first started, I had one of those little 4S iPhones. And then it stopped working. So because of that, I stopped, you know, I, I switched over from Apple to Android. And I've had a couple of phones since since then, but I love using the service. It mostly is working on Wi-Fi. So when I'm mm. on a when I'm on a ship, a lot of times I can use the Wi-Fi service to make phone calls. That's what happened um, a few years ago when my husband and I were <laughs> we were actually on a, a cruise in China, <laughs> believe it or not. And and we uh, broke when we we broke one of our phones and we were able to make phone calls using the Wi-Fi service, even though I don't remember exactly what it was. But but we were able to do that because we had Wi-Fi. Another Mm -hmm. one which I have not used is called Mint Mobile, and that one runs strictly off the T-Mobile service, and that starts at 15 bucks a month. And then one that we've probably all heard of because they advertise to uh, people over 55 is Consumer Cellular. Have you heard of that one? Yeah. I believe that uh, Consumer Cellular uh, runs off AT&T, and that, that also starts at $15 a month. So just think about it. If you are spending $125 a month like I was, you know, I had a family plan. I shared it with my husband. Even even though we both now have our own individual plans, he pays $15 a month. I pay $20 a month. That is well below $125 a month.
2: Oh, yeah. So you get not only the phone service, but you also have the data service as well?
0: Yeah. The way that it works with Republic, and this is why I spend more than he does, is it's $5 per gigabyte on Republic.
2: That's perfect. We have just as as a point... So my wife and I are both in our 70s, and it's nice to have the data available. But quite frankly, we use our phones primarily as phones. (laughs) We have AT&T, the big-hearted folks that they are, gives us unlimited data. uh, But we use, between the two of us, maybe less than one gig a month. Maybe, well, a lot less. I mean, so... What you're saying for, you know, older folks, and I put myself in that class, is ideal. Uh, You know, we're not watching movies on our phone or anything like that.
0: But if you need the data, you can get it. And that's what happens with me. Like if I'm traveling, I use a lot more data because I'm not at home on Wi-Fi. And so Mm -hmm. what I do with Republic is instead of, having a big data plan, I just keep mine at a minimum. And then when I need it, I can go to the phone app, push a button that says buy more data, and boom, within five minutes, I have another gig for five bucks. So you can change your plan with Republic at any time. Now, one disadvantage of Republic, and I don't know about Mint Mobile or Consumer Cellular, is you can't really call, there's no phone number, there's no customer service phone number. So you you do have to go online and um you know request the sort of the first request is other users and you'll explain what your problem is but I mean I have never had a issue that I couldn't get fixed like within 5 minutes. It's they they have set up their systems to where it's really easy. But yeah, so 100 bucks a month right there.
1: Well, that's fabulous. Now if I have an iPhone, I can just call up Verizon and say we're uh, canceling our uh, deal, we're going with someone else.
0: Well, let me tell you and what I think. did. Do you do you have any old phones laying around?
2: Yeah, I do. <laughs>
0: yeah, what I did be with the first time that I used Republic, I wanted to make sure that I was going to like it. And so I did not turn off my existing service. What I did was I got one of those old phones that worked on their network. And remember, if it's if it's an old iPhone, it has to be unlocked. So, or you might be able to use a Sprint or a T-Mobile old phone. So you would just go on the Republic, uh, I forget what it is, Republic Wireless or Republic, just search Republic Wireless and you'll get to the system. And then search your, I know it works in this area because I live here, um, but you'll search the area and then you'll tell it what kind of phone you have. have and then they will tell you if it will work with that phone. And then, for five dollars, they'll send you a chip to put in your phone um and it's super easy to i don't know uh if if people he- here don't know how to replace a chip if they live in Sun City they could go to the the computer club once it opens but or wow. you could just ask you know your grandchild <laughs> to show you how to do it <laughs> really it's it's really exactly. easy you just pop the old one out and pop the new one in but what I did was I, I tested it for a month before I actually changed over. I wanted to make sure that I was going to like it. And But this was years ago. But yes, most of us, if, if we're not um, locked in, like if we didn't get a free phone for the service, we can cancel. And if you did get a free phone, there will probably be a cancellation charge, which is basically the cost of the phone prorated over two years is typical. But um, well, it,
1: now that that includes texting, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it does. Um,
1: that's basically what uh, we use it for: um, calls and texting.
0: Yeah, I I use my phone a lot, but I also personally get my texts on my computer. They get forwarded to my computer because I don't like typing on a tiny little screen. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's really I'm difficult. With you. <laughs> Um, so the second way to to cut out some expenses, and you've probably heard this before, is to cut your cable bill. And a lot of people are concerned. They're like, if I cut cable, how am I going to watch local TV? How am I going to watch sports? You can get those things through um, different services. Personally, I use Roku. And then through my Roku stick, I watch Hulu. And Amazon Prime, you know, uh, uh, Hulu pretty much covers everything that that I want to use. And I pay. I have the the cheap service of Hulu. Uh, a year ago, I got Hulu on a, um, a Black Friday special for ninety nine cents a month. <laughs> that ended. Wow! So wow. now I pay five dollars and ninety five cents a month, but it comes with commercials. If I wanted to cut the commercials out. Then it would be about $15 a month, but you know, I'm cheap. I don't want to pay the $15. So I, I just watch the commercials. They're not really that annoying. I do know that you have to pay extra if you want to watch sports or if you want to watch completely local TV. I'm able to get a uh, Savannah TV on one of the who on one of the Roku stations and I don't have to pay for it. So for me, if I want to watch local news, then I can do that or My friends will all tell me what's going on on Facebook. So I don't really, I try not to watch the news anymore. It's just all depressing anyway. Me
1: too. (laughs) What about buffering? Do you suffer a lot of buffering on that?
0: I've had zero buffering. Now, that being said, I also use a virtual private network. So the cable company can't tell what websites I'm going to. Right. They will slow you down if they can. You know, a few years ago there was a bill—I forget what they call it—the net neutrality bill. Bill, I think, right? That That's it. got it. It did not get passed, or it got passed. Whatever it was, what whatever I wanted it to happen didn't happen. But basically, that the the gist is that the cable companies can't slow you down because you're you're watching TV. That got shot down, so they can technically slow you down. But I I haven't had any problems. But we do have high-speed internet. I think my husband could tell you it's like 250 gigs, I think. Anyway, it's fast. We have the the fastest one you can buy as a, not as a business.
1: Okay. And uh, is that with a local company like? uh Spectrum. Uh, what is the Spectrum? Yeah. yeah. And you just have the internet service that you bought, right?
0: Yep. We just have the internet. That's it. We don't have cable. But we watch plenty of TV. We waste a lot of time on TV. The only thing that we can't get, and I'm too cheap to get, is uh, Outlander. Because Outlander is on Stars. And I don't know if you know what Outlander is. It's that show... I do not. It... Well, um, for the listeners, that's the, I know I'm not the greatest singer, but that's the intro music. And basically (laughs) it's, it's about time travel and uh, the people are in like the 1800s and then the 1950s. So going back and forth between the, and it's in, I know I'm going to butcher this, Ireland, I believe. Or Scotland. One of the two. I know they're two different uh, countries, so don't yell at me. But one of those well, two.
1: A
2: sewer, so.
0: <laughs> so anyway, the Roku stick was like forty bucks.
2: Just just to sort of amplify on what you're saying. If you really are addicted to watching pretty much everything across the spectrum, from the ABC, NBC, PBS, all the you can actually go to Hulu Live, which is about I'm going to say around 50 bucks a month, or you can go to YouTube TV and you can basically watch everything that you can watch on full cable.
0: That's right. I know people Uh, that are spending... It's
2: half the price.
0: Yeah. I know people who are spending $200 a month on TV. That's just crazy to me.
2: Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, listen, if you want, if you want the 300-plus, every cable channel imaginable and every upgrade that you can imagine, I can see doing it. But realistically, I'm not disciplined enough to really uh, statist- do a statistical analysis of what channels we watch and how much we watch them. But my guess is between my wife and I, we probably watch maybe 12 to 15 channels
0: at between the most, the
2: two of us ninety five percent of the time.
0: Nobody watches three hundred channels,
2: right? But the bottom line is, if you if you want to have access to pretty much everything that you can imagine, fifty or fifty five dollars a month, you could go to Hulu Live, you can go to YouTube TV, and you can get essentially everything. And then, of course, if you have Netflix and Amazon Prime, that's going to add on another. 10 or 12 bucks a month. But uh, you can definitely get pretty much everything you want that you get now on cable for say 180 bucks a month easily for $80 a month just by using your imagination a little bit and taking advantage of what's out there.
0: And most of us can get by with a lot less.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Get a, Get a book.
0: <laughs> well, speaking of that books, helps. speaking of books that's on my list yeah. too because one of the reasons why it was easier for us to cut the cord is that we were able to get the shows you know like outlander at the time my husband was watching um i can't remember the name of it what's the one with the lady with the white hair that that rode the dragons you know it, it just
2: uh, can't help you without no one. you know rode it the tri-
0: what was the no, show? I lost,
2: you lost me when it would you came to riding the dragons. Well,
0: remember the drag There was a dragon, and it was um, like medieval times, and everybody was watching it, and they all hated the last the the ending.
1: This is Les, your producer. The show was Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. Everybody was watching the show. Skip, do you remember?
2: You can we can't, can't I, I, I you can't say everybody <laughs> any, ever, anymore. Sorry. Well,
0: you, I know you've no heard book. of it. Okay. But anyway, we were able to get that at the local library. And so oh, okay. it's not just books anymore. You can get audiobooks. Like I don't even I don't even check out regular paper books anymore. I listen to audiobooks. I get them from the library. I download them on an app on my phone. You can get videos. Mm-hmm. You can get all kinds of things at the local library. And and I don't care which library you go to. When my mom was here visiting, she, uh, you know, I, I showed her how to use the app from her local library. She does not live in South Carolina. She lives in Washington State. Most libraries have the ability to download audiobooks, um, paper, you know, uh, books on, onto your exact Kindle, or I don't know if you can do it on the Nook, but I know that a lot of libraries will let you download on, on your Kindle along with videos, so that is another way to save money. If you don't want to pay the $80 a month because there's a show that you want to watch, usually once that show is over, you can get the full set at the library.
1: Right. What is it called? Uh Hoopla.
0: Yeah, Hoopla is one, it's not it my favorite. Uh there is another app that I like better. Hold on. But but here, but here where we live, it's Hoopla. So Hoopla, that's it. Yeah, it's Hoopla. So, but in order to use Hoopla, I do believe that if you're listening here in South Carolina, that it, it's Beaufort Library, Jasper Library. I don't think has that. So yeah. it de- it depends how on Buford. where you are. Right, right. So all, how much all, time all do time. we have? My my clock says that we're out of time. Do you do you want to keep going or? I don't
1: know. You can keep going. We got time.
0: Okay.
1: You're, uh, willing to <laughs> hang with us? Uh, we're willing to have you.
0: Okay, great.
1: Yes, yeah, it's very interesting.
0: Well, there is another big way that people can can help with their expenses, but a lot of people don't want to do it. And I can tell you that I, when I was a financial advisor, I would recommend this to my clients when it was obvious that they were running out of money. But do you remember that song from Meatloaf? I would do anything for you, but I won't do that. Remember that song? But I yeah. won't do that. They didn't want to do it. And that is get a roommate <laughs> or move in with a loved one or relative. And my clients who did not do this in 2008, who I recommended that they do it, they, every single one of them wound up losing their homes to foreclosure because there just wasn't enough money to go around. And if money is really tight, like, let's say there's somebody listening right now who lost their job. And, you know, let's say that they were maybe working as a waiter or waitress. And let's say they've got two kids at home. And they're like, I, you know, I've got this extra room, but I just don't want anybody. No, no, I never, honestly, I never recommended it to anybody who had a family. Usually the people that I recommended this uh, option too, we're we're living alone. If money is is tight, if it looks like that you are not making enough to pay your mortgage, if you have one, or or to you know whatever, nothing should be off the table. And getting a roommate, you know, I always thought that when I you know when I was younger, I watched The Golden Girls. <laughs> you gentlemen probably didn't watch that mm-hmm. show. I always thought that would be fun. You know, I
2: watched like... it against my will. <laughs>
0: I always thought, oh, it'd be fun to have, you know, four ladies living together. Of course, now that I'm older, I realize that we're all kind of set in our ways, which is why we don't necessarily want roommates. But if money's that tight, you know, that is an option. Yeah. What do you guys think well, about that?
1: Well, uh, I know several I think it's people really that a are, great idea. in Sun City anyway, that I know that uh, are sharing uh, a home. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they have their separate lives and... You know, they're man and woman, but they go their own way. And just for the sake of uh, finances.
0: Well, it's not just finances. You know, we are social people. And can you imagine? So right now, everybody thinks that we're on, quote, lockdown. You know, I have a team member who lives in the Philippines. He doesn't interface with clients, but he helps me with my website and things like that. We are not on lockdown. (laughs) People are saying we're on lockdown. Far far from it. We are way far from lockdown. Just because you can't use the swimming pool or go to the gym doesn't mean you're on lockdown. We can still leave the house. You know, he, my team member, cannot leave the house without a pass. And if he does, he could get the holy living terror beat out of him. I have seen videos where people are riding bicycles or riding their motorcycles and the police come, tear them off the bicycle or tear them off the motorcycle, and beat the crap out of them. We are not on lockdown <laughs> you know, this is nothing
2: right, right. we're being slightly inconvenienced yes is what it's, we're being
0: exactly it is a minor inconvenience, so you know, and I forgot why I went down this path I, there was, I actually had something to say but I can't remember what it was. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know. You started out saying uh, something about friends with benefits.
0: Oh, (laughs) well, not that. No, okay. So yes, I
2: believe it was roommates. Thank you for reminding
0: me. Can you imagine if you're actually on lockdown where you can't leave your house, you you have to have a pass to leave, or even the minor lockdown that we have, and you're living by yourself, and you literally have nobody to talk to. I mean, I can't imagine how lonely that would be. I mean, I'm. I'm going crazy and I live with my husband. We've been doing Zoom calls every week. You know, Zoom happy hours. Have you done any of those yet?
1: I've heard of them. I've heard that, uh, you know, the uh, beverages are open and everyone
2: can. Yeah, we've had, we've had, well, we haven't had used Zoom yet, but with, we had all of our kids and most of our grandchildren on a FaceTime conference call last week. And, you know, we talked to some of our kids almost on a daily basis. And some of them don't really want to talk to us that often, so <laughs> we talk to them less frequently. But yeah, really, I, I said to my wife the other day when we were just sitting there thinking out loud, when is this going to be over? I said, just imagine what it would be like to be incarcerated. If you think this is bad, we can go outside anytime we want to. We can go over to Kroger's if we want to. We can go for a walk around the neighborhood, you name it. Just imagine, and, and basically living in the Philippines or in China or a lot of the countries where when they say stay at home, they don't mean stay around home. They mean stay in your house or else.
0: Yeah. Well, I listened to a, a podcast episode, a business show that I listened to. And when, uh, they had a guest on the show who was a member of their little group. And he lives in China. He's an American, moved to China many years ago. He's he's got a thriving business there. And he told us what it was like to live in China during the beginning stages of COVID-19, the middle stages, and now it's towards the end because he still lives there. He never came back to the U.S. What he thinks is going to happen with the U.S. And we don't need to go into all that. But one thing that I did get out of it is that in China, they basically did the... Not everybody had to stay at home there, okay? If they suspected that you had COVID-19, they would put you up in a hotel, and you and your whole family... This I'm actually getting stories mixed up, so this is a different story, but they would put you in a hotel, and then the same person would feed you every day. They would test your temperature every day, and then when they got the test results back... This this particular family got to go home because it was negative, but the government paid for the hotel and they went willingly to the hotel because they wanted to protect other people. But the gentleman that I was listening to the podcast, he said that basically everybody in the beginning, it was kind of like here where they weren't really taking it seriously, but it went so fast from nobody taking it seriously to everybody wearing a mask it was like within the course of two weeks, like he said, literally everybody was wearing a mask. And over there, they they do it not only to protect thems- themselves, but to protect other people. And we don't really have that philosophy here. We don't have the, you know, when when I usually wear a mask when I'm on a plane, and I wear a mask because my husband has cancer and I don't want to give him cancer. Now, a lot of times he won't wear a mask. And when we went to China, he didn't wear a mask and he got sick. <laughs> Because it was mm-hmm. so polluted over there, literally, hugely polluted. Like, I looked out and saw the moon, and I was raving about how beautiful it was. And our tour guide said, that is the sun. That is not the moon. And <laughs> it was yeah. cr- crazy. But... Um,
1: Where are all the climate people that uh, screaming and ranting and raving about the United States and Canada oh, and that... Uh,
0: right, right. But you know, you know, people are celebrating. This whole shutdown of the world has allowed, you know, I'm hearing story, you know, I did a story last week of the blessings of COVID-19. And if you're interested, it is up on the website, you can read the article or you can listen to the show either way. But turtles are hatching now that never hatched before. People in China for a while could, you know, the air was clear. And it hasn't been clear for a while. In Pakistan, or I'm sorry, India, they could see the Himalayan mountains. So all of these blessings are happening right now. Maybe the world will change for the better. We don't know what it's going to be like in six months or a year. But we didn't know that during 9-11 either. And 9-11 permanently changed our world. I believe that COVID-19 is going to permanently change it as well.
1: Both financially and socially
0: then. Well, I don't know if the financial repercussions will be permanent, I certainly believe that there will be financial repercussions. I mean, you can't have that many people out of work and have it not. I don't know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but you know, we can prepare ourselves and I think what we need to do is be optimistic, but not unrealistic. All of us need to have a little bit of realism in our lives. And just like you were saying, I I don't remember if it was Al or Skip was saying, what if we were on lockdown? What would happen if it was six months from now and we're still we're still here in this place? I, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to mentally prepare myself for that. But certainly, you know, if the government says that we can't go out and I do know that people were protesting yesterday or the day before. There were people blocking hospitals, blocking clinics. We need to really think five years from now, 10 years from now, are we going to be proud of how we acted in this time of emergency or are we going to be embarrassed?
2: Well, only time will tell. But the thing that, uh, that concerns me is, and this is based on a lot of the information that I've seen in the news media, which it doesn't change a little bit on a daily or a weekly basis. It changes dramatically on a daily or weekly basis. And so I begin to wonder if we might not be getting to the point where it starts to look like the cure might be worse than the disease. I mean, obviously, as uh, widespread testing becomes available, first of all, we'll have a better sense of exactly what the mortality rate of the disease is when This proper statistical analysis is done, and chances are those statistics will never be made public, but we'll be able to determine what groups uh, of people in our population are more susceptible to not only the disease, but uh, are more likely to be severely impacted uh, by the disease. When we have that information, then I think we'll be able to make a determination about what the long-term effects are going to be. Yeah. But one thing that I'm holding on to is is the simple fact that, at least in Western civilization, we've faced, in the last century for sure, a number of truly cataclysmic events. And it is really remarkable how rapidly things get back to pretty much what they were before the event occurred. And I base that on the fact that human nature is not going to change based on, uh, a world war, a worldwide pandemic, uh, a complete economic collapse. It, it hasn't in the past and I have no reason to believe it's going to in the future. I mean, if 18 months from now we have an effective vaccine for COVID-19, believe me, it'll be so easy for people to just forget about what this pandemic was like, because quite frankly, nobody's really going to want to remember it. Fortunately, there will be people who will be focused on trying to make sure that when the next pandemic rears its ugly head, that maybe we'll be... Better prepared to deal with it. But I've heard not just you, Kathy, but a number of people just say that this is going to be really a huge turning point for, for lack of a better term, for civilization as we know it. And honestly, I just don't see it.
0: It could be a turning point for good.
2: Well, I, 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 no, I'm not questioning that. I've, Al and I talked about this earlier today, and I've held out for from day one that there will be good things that come from this experience if it means that we fully appreciate the freedoms that we have the benefits that we have from living in this country then that in and, in and of itself almost makes the sacrifice worthwhile but uh, i just i just don't see how this is going to have a long term sea change on the way people think, and act in their daily lives. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I hope that we get something positive out of it.
0: I'm with you, Skip. I I certainly hope that something positive comes out of this. I do know that there have been some positive things already. And what a great way to end my time here. I I do have to run because I have another appointment, but I have had such a great time with the two of you.
1: Well, it's it's been a real pleasure to have you on.
0: Thank you so much for having me on the show. And hopefully, we won't have to use any of the cost-cutting tips. But you know what? Even if things don't get desperate, why not save yourself $100, $200, $300 a month and put that money somewhere else?
2: I'm tired of contributing to AT&T's bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, make, they got enough money. Somebody said that they've got around... $80 billion in cash reserves right now. So yeah, bye bye. I'm going over to Republic.
0: <laughs> Something good will come out of the show. You'll save 100 bucks a month.
2: <laughs> Thank
1: you. There you, you go. That'll we'll make Kathy, it all
2: worthwhile, Kathy. Thanks.
1: You're uh, always welcome on the show. Thank you so much for joining us and take care of yourself. And we'll uh, definitely uh, look up this uh, Republic Wireless for sure.
0: Thanks so much for having me. You too take care.
1: So, uh, one of our guests today is, uh, we're excited about it, Kathy Klein. She's uh, founder of uh, MedicareQuick.com. Uh, write that down uh, so you can go there after this show. She's also a show host, public speaker on baby boomer issues. And uh, she's the host of Rocky Retirement. It's a podcast. You can listen to that at uh, rockyourretirement.com. It's common spelling. All one word. It launched in 2016. It's not about money. It's not about insurance. It's about how to rock your retirement and other areas of your life, you know, such as social, family, entertainment, and travel, volunteering, spiritual, soul, and sex and retirement. Oh, so she says. That, oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah. She says I usually have therapists uh, discuss this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tune in, you know, so it's cool. I think it's a great, uh, well-rounded show, and I encourage everyone to go. She's an accomplished uh, speaker on various topics, in particular, Medicare insurance planning. Kathy can help you understand the difference between Medi- Medicare Parts A and B, Medicare Advantage plans, and the dreaded donut hole. I want to know what that is because uh,
2: I'm coming up on 65 here pretty quick. So you know what that is? Skip the donut. All I know is it has something to do with, uh, I, I really, I've heard of it, but I knew because it didn't affect me. I never really paid much attention to
1: it. Yeah. Well, we're going to find out what it is. She's also an expert at uh, social security maximization techniques, as well as benefits in the pitfalls of Medicare. Uh, please uh, welcome Kathy Klein to our show. Kathy, uh, good afternoon. Al Flowers joined by Skip Cleveland, and we're—it's a pleasure to have you on.
0: Hi, Al. Hi, Skip. Hello. Nice, Hello. Nice to meet you over the over the radio.
1: Yes, indeed. So, how's it going? To...
0: You did your homework on me.
1: Yeah. Well, of course, we have a whole staff that does that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have to come back and talk about Medicare cuz I'm not really prepared to talk about that today. If that's if that's okay, all right with very you. Good.
1: Yeah, it's fine with me. You can talk about whatever you like. I'm interested in your podcast, uh the uh, com.
0: Oh, I've been having such a good time with that ever since 2016. Uh you know when I started the show, no nobody in my target audience, my target audience is people 60 and over. And back then, a lot of people didn't know what a podcast was, and certainly uh people sixty and over didn't know what a podcast what a podcast was so it's been a wild ride we've we've had over two hundred and i don't know two hundred and ten two hundred and twenty thousand
1: downloads to date and wow, fantastic. I
0: never thought it would get this big. Let me tell you it it you know it's such a niche audience
1: what was your inspir what was your inspiration for uh Starting
0: it. You know, I have to tell you, it, my inspiration is still, it's still going on. You know, um, my husband and I are financially able to retire and he's retired. He's, he's a lot older than I am, but I'll be 55 this year. And I don't know why I just can't pull that trigger to actually fully retire and mm. so that has been sort of the impetus of starting the show. And I'm I'm glad I started it because shortly after the show started, a few months later, my husband was diagnosed. And this is public information. Uh, he has a blog about it. But he was diagnosed with stage four pro- uh, cancer. And starting the oh, show fair. and thank you. And starting the show and having experts come on and talk about different things that really helped prepare both of us for what was ahead and what to do and how to, you know, emotionally handle things as well as physically and medically. So I think it was a blessing. You know, I think that maybe there was some divine power that directed me to start the show. And I've actually had some people reach out to me And and thank me for starting the show. Every time I feel like I want to quit, somebody reaches out to me and tells me how much they like it or that it's changed their life. So
1: that makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it?
0: It does. You know, it's not financially rewarding, (laughs) but (laughs) tell me about it. But it is, (laughs) but it is, um, it has its other rewards.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Nice. So what uh, do you like pick? An and subject matter for each show, or do you spread it out, or spend fifteen minutes on this, fifteen on that? You know, how it's, do you break your show down?
0: It's really not. I could probably honestly do it better. You know, I don't have segments. It's usually me, either me by myself, but most of them are me interviewing somebody, and so there's a a topic, whatever. I usually get pitched and so they'll, they'll pitch me their, their topic. I, I do wind up interviewing people with books to sell, but it depends on what the book's about. You know, I don't, we don't talk about money on my show, um, except mm-hmm. for last week or the week before I did have a money topic just because with COVID-19, it's been a little crazy. I figured that my listeners really needed Some comfort, you know, at the time that we released the episode, I think the market was still down about 30%. And so, but it's rare. We rarely talk about those things. Usually it's like you said in my introduction, it's non financial. You know, we might talk about sex. We might talk about what to do when your mom or your spouse needs to go into assisted living. And, you know, those kind of topics that generally are not. Discussed on the typical retirement shows.
1: Yeah, I would say not.
0: I I call it kind of an encyclopedia, because if you right. look at my listenership, it's not uh, it's not the same all the time. You know, one month I'll have ten thousand listeners, the next month I'll have eight thousand listeners, and it goes up. It's it really depends on the topic, who listens.
1: Yeah, and your shows your shows are archived, I'm sure so. People can go back and pick up on them.
0: Yeah, they're not live like this one. My shows are -hmm. are pre-recorded. I typically batch my episodes. I'll usually do three, four, five episodes in a day, and then I slowly release them. Uh, You can find it on your typical podcast platforms like iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. That's where you find the show. Most of my listeners listen on their phone which is different because in the beginning of the show, when nobody knew what a podcast was, they listened on their computer. You know, because yeah. I can tell I use Libsyn as a podcasting host and I, I know where they're listening, you know, what, what platform right. they're listening on.
1: Sure. Yeah, we can too uh, with uh, our listeners uh, the same way. And we, we also use, uh, we use uh, a uh, application called Radiomax, Huh. Uh that uh, we have our own application our own app for Talk One Radio that people can uh, use we also are listed on tuned in but um tuned in uh, it's kind of confusing to get to the free side of the uh, tuned in
0: Yeah a lot field. of these a lot of these apps will have a free and a paid version uh, I think right. I think if I had to guess I would say A hundred percent of my listeners listen on a free version. (laughs) I can't see anybody (laughs) paying to to listen to the show. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) We don't have that uh, either. So that's great. And where do you do your show right out of your home?
0: I do. Actually, I used to do it in my office. But Uh a couple of weeks ago, the same same person that was on my podcast, um, he is the host of the Stacking Benjamin show. Which is, it it is a money show, but it's not. It's kind of like a comedy, almost. And he has about 50,000 listeners to every episode. And I know after his episode, I listened to it. Usually I don't listen to the episodes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I listened to this one and I noticed what a difference, what the sound quality was so much different. With his and with me. And the reason was I was in my office and a lot of sound bouncing right. around. It's not soundproofed. It, it, it's not really set up for a podcast. So what I did, and you're going to laugh. Are you ready? Go. I moved. I created a portable podcast studio and it's in my closet. So I'm now coming to you from my closet. It deadens the sound so much better. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, so
1: that's it. Innovation, innovation. <laughs> that way.
0: I don't know what it sounds fantastic. like through the telephone, but when I'm speaking, well, it sounds
1: fantastic to me. You're coming in loud and clear.
0: Okay, great. And the sounds not bouncing yeah. off the walls. I don't hopefully sound like I'm in the middle of a bathroom or something.
1: <laughs> no, we, well, I mean, uh, we we have. Uh, kind of like the pauper studio over here in uh, Sheridan Park. But uh, it serves our purpose, and things are so portable, as you well know, nowadays with the equipment is uh, just miniaturized everything. Uh, It's a pretty simple little project. And we can go uh, live uh, on location very easily, uh, quite frankly. And we also have a little device that we use – uh, Cody called well, in, that we we can go do uh, live interviews just by using the uh, cloud
0: that's fantastic so. yeah I don't I like I said before I don't do anything live How?